0: graduate students at Western University. I'm your host, Scott Walters.
1: And I'm your co-host, Carly Sharon.
0: And today, we are recording a special episode from our new series, Hashtag Postdocs Talk, where we get a postdoc on the show and ask them questions about their experience. This time, we are here with Dr. Katie Ivey. Thanks for being here, Katie.
2: Yay, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so before we jump in and ask you more about postdoc life and all that stuff, first, can you let our listeners know what it is you're doing here at Western, what you study, that sort of thing? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so currently I'm a postdoctoral researcher with a Banting Fellowship with NSERC, and I'm studying high-altitude migratory flight in different songbird species. So I'm interested in how they're able to fly super high and what sort of physiological adaptations or seasonal plasticity they exhibit Uh, to sort of allow them to fly so high. And I get to do this in our wind tunnel, which is super unique to Western because this is the only one in all of North America that can not only can it simulate the speed uh, that birds will fly at, it can also change temperature and altitude and humidity. So all the fun things that we're really fortunate to have here.
1: So is what you're working on now similar to what you worked on in your PhD?
2: Yeah, so kind of. My kind of similar underlying tone is high altitude. Um... For my PhD, I worked on high-altitude deer mice, and I was interested in how they had adapted to living at high altitude and how they had altered their breathing um, to sort of bring in more oxygen. Because at a high altitude, you don't have a lot of oxygen available. You have uh, significantly less compared to what we have at sea level, so right now. Um, So I was interested in... And whether or not there was adaptations that made it easier for living at altitude um, compared to a low altitude deer mouse. So it involved a lot of hiking up a mountain, well, <laughs> driving up a mountain, driving
0: up a mountain, and then
2: wandering through a low altitude field in Nebraska. So it was oh, wow. a lot of fun, yeah, fun
0: stuff. So how do you compare that here with the research you're doing? Instead of being out in the field, you're here with a wind tunnel. And have you gotten out in the field at all, or do you work with people who are out working in the field to do get your birds?
2: Yeah. So um, so I've been here for this is my third year being here as a postdoc. Um, and in my kind of in my first year, um, I was stealing a bunch of equipment because it was COVID, and I was. Yes, stealing things, borrowing things, same, same. <laughs> um, but essentially, I was kind of making stuff up on the fly because we all had to keep socially distanced. So I ended up being out at Long Point at their bird observatory to not only catch birds during spring migration, but also measure a bunch of blood binding properties. Because um, we have this really cool trailer that's been altered to be a field mobile lab. Um, so that means that it's got a bunch of bu- bench spaces in it instead of a dining table and a bed, nice. um, which is a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I've been out in the field to do some field stuff. I've been in the lab now. Um, I would do a lot of bench work, but then I also get to play in the wind tunnel as well. So it's a it's a broad combination of things, which I really enjoyed. Um, and that's something that's pretty similar to my PhD work. I did a lot of stuff on the mountain um, and in the field, and then I also did a lot of stuff back in the lab. So. I don't know it makes for a great compliment I think
1: cool cool so you mentioned that Western is like the only institution with a wind tunnel in North America is that one of like the driving things that brought you here or what made you choose to come to Western for your postdoc
2: um to be honest it was just like a whole bunch of accidental coincident <laughs> events that happened um, I was like vaguely aware of the wind tunnel at Western um, but I think like it was because Chris was searching for a high altitude physiologist. I was doing high altitude things. He really wanted to use this feature of the wind tunnel, which hadn't been used in a really, really long time. And I was like, sure, I do high
0: altitude. We can do things and so it just mm-hmm. kinda went from there.
2: So yeah.
0: You mentioned that you have funding for your postdoc coming here from something called a banting. Would you mm-hmm. mind telling us listeners what that is?
2: Yeah. So um I guess like for the sciences in Canada, we have NSERC, so the Natural Science and Engineering Research Council, which allows funding for masters, PhDs, and postdocs. Um, for the postdoc level, though, funding is really scarce for, from NSERC, so you can either apply for a postdoc, uh, an NSERC postdoc funding uh, right out of your, your PhD, you can apply up to two years later um and that gives you two years of funding i think it's at forty-five thousand right now a year which is really nice um but once that runs out you're kind of out of options in canada uh sorry sorry team i'm breaking it to you that postdoc funding in canada is a little sketch um not sketch it's a little scarce um but so the next sort of level in ncerc for postdocs is to apply for a banting which is 23 people in Canada get selected every year for this you get um you get run through a lot of questions and you get run through a lot of can you make it out of the department can you make it out of the university can you make it around Ottawa you you have a really intense sort of application that's really driving home like not only the science that you want to do but how it impacts like the greater sort of overall arching science questions and just really is I don't know they're they're trying to pick like the next best researchers to like make really explosive science um to be honest a lot of people are just trying to save the world and here all i want to do is just fly birds so <laughs> i think i had the novelty of being able to say like hi i want to work at this place that only happens in canada um <laughs> it's only this institution it's only this lab and I, I think that helped drive that home but yeah so banting is essentially a really top tiered level funding scholarship um it's for two years it's seventy thousand canadian so for two years so Each year.
1: But yeah. That's great. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so obviously funding is kind of a hurdle that you had to overcome. Are there any other kind of challenges that you faced um in looking for postdocs? Yeah, I think
2: I'm not trying to dissuade everyone. I'm sorry, listeners, I'm here for you. It's just hard (laughs) life out there. But like funding funding can be a little bit all over the place, um, in Canada. And I think one of the other problems is it's not even just funding on the postdoc side, it's funding on the PI side. So mm-hmm. th- I guess it kind of depends on what level of science that you're in for biology. Um, a lot of supervisors or PIs get funding from NSERC and an NSERC grant for them typically only allows them to write in a master's or a PhD level sort of positions okay. because their funding scheme is gonna be so much smaller. Mm-hmm. So you get less money. Um, so as a postdoc, you don't really get written into any of those mm-hmm. things. So There's very few postdoc opportunities or postdoc postings in biology just because it's so much harder for a single PI to be able to fund a postdoc at, say, 40,000 or 45,000 a year. So that being said, it means that you kind of have to play into these all, all these other realms and hoping that like you have multiple PIs that come together to make kind of like a super grant or you have like. A PI who's gone in with industry or you have a PI who's been approached by government or like Environment Canada being like, hey, we want to do these things. So it's just like it's challenging on your end when people tell you to. Oh, can you bring funding? And it's very, very rare. But it's, it's also challenging just trying to find a position in general, because like, I don't know, not every PI, every PI knows that it's going to be hard to get a postdoc. So they don't always they're not always dreaming about them. Um I guess it kind of depends on your on your
0: supervisor, but some some of them know it's kind of out of their reach because they might be too early in their career. So.
1: Okay.
0: So it's sort of inherent in the name of postdoc, obviously, is what comes next after a PhD in academia. But given these challenges uh, that you've just outlined, why is it that people would choose to go do a postdoc? Like, What is that within the outline of a career in academia? What's the importance of a postdoc?
2: Yeah, you know, it's really funny because like during my phd i constantly you encounter a bunch of students that uta ta all the time and in an undergrad you're always just like yeah you can do a masters and it'll be great cuz it's a stepping stone even if you don't want to stay in academia cuz you can like do like government cuz sometimes government needs a masters level thing and so on and then you have some students who are like no i want to do a phd and you're like yeah sure okay sure sure um and i feel like a lot of people who think that they want to do a phd immediately think that they want to be a pi but i think like that's not always necessary because like sure you can have a phd you don't have to stay in academia you can go on a different track you can still go into government you can still actually get higher up in different different levels of government as well that a masters level wouldn't get you and so now when you have a phd and you're like what am i doing and you don't know what you want to do which i still even don't know what i want to do so like don't worry everyone i have a postdoc and i'm still panicking cuz i'm like oh, what's next who knows but i don't know i guess it was for me after my phd it was fun to do a postdoc because it meant that it wasn't under the same strict timelines, or Mm -hmm. like it's still under a timeline, but it's not the same like I need to have like a committee meeting, I need to have like X many papers, I need to have like, I need to defend like all these things that are like milestones for a PhD, Mm -hmm. it's just not there for a postdoc, because for a postdoc it's just like, oh cool, you're here, you're probably here for two years, good luck, okay, maybe. (laughs) Try and do something fun, okay, cool, great, You, you did something, yay, and so like, I don't know, I feel like it could be like a step to taste what it's like to run your own lab depending on like how many students you can like take on and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like I'm really fortunate in the lab that I'm in because I I have like a bunch of volunteers. I have like a thesis student and a project student and I know that I'm taking on another thesis student and like it's kind of like a, an example of like Katie, do you have what it takes to run a lab? Do you <laughs> like overseeing all these people? Do you like the chaos that comes with it? Like do you like not doing as much research? And so I guess like it's interesting because it allows you to see like, oh, do I like to do do I like to be kind of at the top of research thinking about ideas and then being able to share techniques with other people um, and your own sort of students. So whether or not this means that I have to be a, a supervisor and, and stay in academia next is definitely not what I have to do. Um, I think if anything, it's taught me a valuable lesson in like you there's like so many other things that you can still do. Like a Mm -hmm. postdoc is still valuable in government because they're like, Oh cool. You've been a postdoc, which means you can probably take on larger tasks. You can probably like oversee more people. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't know. I feel like there's like just different levels to everything. Um, and having a postdoc doesn't mean you have to stay in academia. And I'm completely aware that I've gone rambling on with your question. And who knows which direction we've gone in, but it's OK. No, that's great. That's no, that's cool actually.
1: that you get this responsibility to kind of yeah. oversee, you know, uh, younger uh, researchers. So that's great. Um, you kind of already touched on this, but I was just wondering if like going from a PhD to postdoc, like, do you feel kind of more settled and at mm-hmm. ease, like more mature now that you're in your postdoc compared to PhD or do you really feel any different?
2: I mean, do I panic just as much as I did before? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just it's a little bit different because I I guess I feel like I'm 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 less panicked about having to meet deadlines mm-hmm. and having to like make sure that stuff is done in a certain time frame. Um I already know what it feels like to write a paper. I already know what like some of these different aspects are that feel new during a PhD. Mm-hmm. So as a postdoc, I think like the the stress or sort of uncertainty of everything kind of is now on just sort of like, oh, what am I deciding to do? Is this what I want to do? Do I know what I'm doing right now? I don't know what I'm doing right now and nobody seems to be noticing and everyone seems to think I know what I'm doing and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I feel like, I guess like I should probably ex- explain kind of why that is my, my current thought process. And that's because like, I find that like the, the sort of what I was told going forward was that like if you're doing a postdoc you either stay within your system and learn a new technique or you maintain your technique and go into a different system okay and so for me it was staying in high altitude mm-hmm. learning some other techniques um so same system new techniques and so for me it's just kind of like uh what techniques is this <laughs> what do i do how do i fly a bird okay this is cool <laughs> oh they don't like each other okay well that's exciting okay let's separate them now because that's not fun but like it's just, like, a whole bunch of, like, different, different things. I don't know. I, I mean, there's definitely – it definitely feels different, but there's still different – there's, like, the same stressors. Maybe they're just in, like, different areas. Okay. I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> it's all chaos. But it's all fine. It's controlled <laughs> chaos.
0: Speaking of differences that might happen, how would you compare the relationship you have with your supervisor that you're under now, your current PI, versus how you would have had – how you felt being supervised by a PI when you were in a Ph.D.? How would you relate <laughs> that relationship to one another?
2: I think, so my two experiences are very different. Um, I've only had male supervisors. And I feel like I need to preface that, like, one of them was a new PI. I started in his lab when he had been hired for a baby a year and a half. Oh, wow. Um, And my current supervisor is, like, full-tenured supervisor, full-tenured professor. I don't know how long he's been doing this. Too long. (laughs) End note. Um, But, like, so it's one of those things where... A new supervisor is going to want to have a little bit more control over their lab because it's kind of on them to show to the department that, hey, you hired me and I can do things and here's all the publications. So like doing my PhD felt different because we were constantly being like, okay, what does your data look like? Like, okay, we should write this up. We should Mm -hmm. do this thing. We We should write this up again. And so like it was a very different feeling then from my current supervisor who's more relaxed because... He's already gone through the system for so long, so he knows that projects will fail. He knows that they're birds. Birds behave how birds want to behave. They will fly or they will not fly. (laughs) You cannot control it. So like, it's a very different environment, but I think it's because of the experience behind both of those two different supervisors is very different. Um, So it is also exciting though, to be able to work with a PI who's been so established because they're just like, what do you want to do? And you're like, what? that's an option like that wasn't really an option during my PhD it was more like oh you're doing this and then we're gonna do this and I was like okay so I think like the one thing to keep in mind is that like it's definitely like how long your supervisor has been in the system is gonna affect that so Okay. But,
1: yeah Yeah. Um, so when you were looking for postdoc positions um, and I guess specifically like interviewing here or whatever was there anything that you're particularly looking for like in a supervisor in the lab like what kind of kind of things did you look out for I think
2: um, one of the things that I've always recommended to other people whenever you're looking and interested in doing grad school or even, I guess, like outside of academia is like you need to talk to people. You need to talk to not only the supervisor, you need to talk to their students. And because that's going to tell you the sort of like the feeling of the lab, the Mm -hmm. general like happiness or unhappiness of the lab and how everything goes and how they feel about sort of like the, the department environment as well. And so... I think one thing that I was really mindful of was the fact that I was coming from a, a lab environment that was like super positive, super collaborative, like very much like, okay, you need to sample this many things. We're going to sample them all together. We're oh, going nice. to do it as a group. And so for me, it was really important to like make sure that that was still maintained. And if it wasn't, if if it was sort of there, but not fully there, that like I could still be the link to be like, guys, we're going to do this all together. Like, it'll be fine. Like we can work as a team. Um, so that was really important. And I feel like just, like, reminding people that, like, your gut is truly the most important thing. Like, if you feel like something's weird, it's probably weird. (laughs) So, like, also just being mindful of the fact, like, how do I feel right now? Do I think this will be okay? I think this will be okay. Sure. So I think, like, yeah, for when I was searching for this, it was more so do I feel comfortable and do I feel like do I also sort of enjoy what I might be potentially proposing? (laughs) So for this postdoc, Chris hadn't put out a posting at all. I had been told that he was searching for someone from somebody else entirely, and I was like, "Do you want that posting then? Because if you don't, I might talk to him." Um, and then it was like me getting like introduced to him at a conference, and the person being like, "You want her? You want her?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." And like Chris was just off doing his own thing, and me being like, "Pick, pick, pick me, pick me." Um, so mean maybe the vibes weren't always like that positive of Chris just being off randomly and you're being like but but what about me but like <laughs> overall though I knew the lab had like a really solid dynamic I knew that like Chris was really positive towards like ideas and that was like really evident when I came into interview as well because he was just like what do you want to do he's like because we could do all these things what do you think and I was like oh you want my opinion <laughs> this is exciting so yeah
0: That's fantastic especially your information on like what to look for on a personal and relational level of what you're looking for in a postdoc i'm also interested to ask you on a more maybe logistical level on how you sought a postdoc did this sort of you just mentioned how you found out or heard about this one was that your first sort of attempt to go towards a postdoc or had you been planning and and interviewing or applying towards uh postdocs uh, and within your phd when you were trying to like think of your next steps like what would you what did you do to go about getting a postdoc and what would you maybe recommend to people?
2: Yeah, my first comment is going to be everything is luck in science, people. We need to remember <laughs> that. You found some random thing probably because of luck. Your supervisor came up with that great idea probably because of luck, <laughs> which means that finding a position is probably going to be based on luck because like, you're either going to find a posting and be like, oh my God, it's me entirely, or you're not going to find anything and you're <laughs> gonna, it's going to be word of mouth. So what I have done... um, there was, like, a few different things. So, A, um, my PhD was continuing on for a, a kind of a long time. Um, COVID was a really good job for ending it and causing me to start my postdoc. Um, so, I wasn't interviewing during my PhD because it currently just wasn't on the board because I didn't have an end date. It was great. Um, but... What I was doing, though, during my Ph.D. was curating my Twitter to be academic, Mm. which I think is something that like I heard on a random podcast. Don't ask me where. But like it's one of those things that you don't really think about. But if you just start following academics, like people that you kind of know and then people that you think are cool and then slowly someone will start recycling like Twitter postings that are, like, advertisements. So, like, a lot of them are MOCs and PhDs. Every once in a while, there's a postdoc one, though. And that's really fun because then you're like, oh, somebody wants a postdoc. (laughs) Win. Um, So, like, I definitely knew that, like, if I was searching, if I wanted to search really hard, that Twitter would be one place for it. But I also knew that like word of mouth was like also like the way to do it. So the postdoc that was in my lab during my PhD was the one who knew to connect me to Chris. So it was like making sure that people know that you want a postdoc. Mm. So when you go to a conference and people are like, oh, what are you up to? And you're like, I want to be a postdoc. I want to do a postdoc doing this. Like, have an idea of just sort of like, do you wanna stay in the same system or do you wanna keep the technique and switch systems? Because that'll help the person you're telling figure out like, they'll go through their Rolodex of people being like, oh, you know who you could talk to? This person or this person. And that's really, like, useful that way. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you, you, there's, it's, yeah, it's really, like, those are my only two tried and true tested sources, <laughs> I want to say, because I haven't really found anything else that's quite useful. The Canadian government, if you go to, like, what is it? jobs.gov.ca or whatever. Uh, JC Jobs. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, like, they have, like, a postdoc pool that you can apply to. And you can put your name in it and they'll, like, on your CV and all that jazz. And they'll just, like, hold on to it and they'll, like, show it to a bunch of, like, Mm -hmm. industry people? Who knows? People in the government who might want a postdoc. I mean, I threw my name into that and I never heard anything. But for some people, it might be useful. For someone who wants to play with animals outside, I don't think that's how that works for... (laughs) government jobs. But huzzah. <laughs> um, But it also doesn't mean that like just because like some people might be relating they're in biology. Congratulations you're in biology. Does not mean that you're pigeonholed because um, you still have a whole bunch of techniques. You know how to pipette maybe. You know how to use like who knows um, ArcGIS or something. Like all of your techniques that you have are skills that people will want. You just need to kind of remove them from the situation that you use them in to make yourself sellable. So that's all. Sorry. I Yeah.
1: We've gone off topic again. No, oh, that's fun. all <laughs> super great. Uh, yeah. Kind of a random question. I'm just curious, like, how many postdocs are in biology? Like, I don't think I could name a single one, to be Yay! honest. <laughs> there's definitely not many
2: of us. It's, uh, I want to say there's, like, oh, is it the Faculty of Science? Mm. You know what? I think there's at least fifteen of us in biology. Okay. I could be wrong, though. I know of well, including myself, I know three, which is a great sign. Um, <laughs> two are in our own lab. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Um, no, there's like definitely a, a bunch of us. We have our own office as well, but I, I couldn't tell you where it is because I don't think I have a desk in it. So,
1: <laughs> I guess kind of a follow up question: Like, do you feel like since there's like so few of you, do you feel like? I, 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 how do I phrase Like, do you feel like you're part of the department? Like, I just know, like, us as graduate students, like, we have the Society of Graduate Students. Like, everything is, like, graduate students and postdocs. Like, do you feel ever, like, left out of the bunch? Oh, or? I
2: feel the and postdocs, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I feel like, well, postdocs have their own society. So, we have PAW, which is the Postdocs Association at oh, Western. Oh, um, I feel like it's, it's an interesting division to be a part of only because a postdoc can encompass like uh, uh, it'll encompass like various forms of of stages of life as well as just like ages so as someone who went through all of my academic training back to back which tbd if that's supposed to be recommended or not um (laughs) it means that at my age when i started my postdoc at 29 it meant that there were some postdocs who had like kids Mm -hmm. families and like doesn't mean that they weren't 29 but meant that like they they had different priorities so like Creating a like a group where you like stay connected like you would in grad school feels different because not everyone can go out to the pub after a long day of grilling lab work because some of them have to go home and feed children. <laughs> um, and so it's just like it's a very different environment. And like, I don't know, I feel like I kind of rely on the lab to keep me in mm-hmm. the loop Um starting during COVID is not ideal so do i know many people in the department no should i show my face more in the department probably am i in a building on the wrong side of campus yes so like i'm not doing a great job but also i don't know you kind of you get what you put in and i think the other thing is the department knows that a postdoc's not here for very long so not that they're like oh we don't care about you but it's more like you're here, and you're gone, because two years happens really fast. Yes. For sure. Like i Like, I've been here for three, had that happen. So.
0: <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, we're um, getting a little later in the interview, but I just wanted to ask you, how would you say your work-life balance, you've talked about different people having kids and stuff like that, but for you and postdocs in general, how do you think your work-life balance is different now in a postdoc position versus that of a PhD when you are hitting all those different, um, like, targets and milestones. Target to yeah. milestones.
2: Yeah. No, it's definitely I I was a person during my PhD who worked hard constantly all the time. And it was because I was like, okay, we need to get stuff done. Like we're getting stuff done. Science is cool, which is I still think science is cool, but I'm also realizing that like we don't need to work this hard. Like there are times when you have to work really hard. Like I've spent a few solid days in the lab just because an assay takes forever. Mm-hmm. But like there's also times when you're like I can leave now, it's two in the afternoon, we don't, I, why am I here? Like, it's like, it's kind of just like reorganizing your priorities, being like, I could be at home for this, which part of this could be the COVID mentality yeah. of being like, you could be at home for this. <laughs> um, But also just like, I live farther away now, so it means like, I lived seven minutes walking door to door for my PhD, which meant like, I was on campus promptly, I fell across the street and was there. Um, Whereas now, it's a 20 minute bus ride, it's 40 mm. minute total adventure, so like, it's also me being like uh, we 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 could leave now and avoid the undergrad rush on the bus yes this looks like a great idea so I think like it's also just like a different mindset you finish your PhD and you're like okay that's done we don't need to work that hard now that was a lot so
0: yeah. well that was great I think we're just about out of time for this particular Out of time, one, over
2: time, I've talked too much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, we're right on time. If anybody wants to learn more about your research and follow your career tra- trajectory, is there a website they can go to, email they can reach out at?
2: Yeah. So I'm on Twitter. You can find me at Dr. Katie Ivy, or maybe it's just at Katie Ivy. Not sure. One of those things. Um, But you can also that'll link you to my website, um, which I mean, doesn't doesn't got a whole lot to say considering I don't have a lab. But um, yeah, you can you can find me online. I'm around.
0: All right. Sounds good. We'll be sure to put that info on our website for uh, listeners who would like to reach out to you. Uh, This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. You've been listening to an episode from our hashtag postdocs talk series. I've been your host, Scott Walters, and my co-host has been Carly Sharon. We've been speaking with Dr. Katie Ivey, and this episode was produced by Jordan Vanderberg. If you would like to get involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcast at sogs.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Gradcast Radio. To listen to us, we are on the Radio Western at 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Enjoy.